cryptocurrency is here to stay. Bitcoin is the foremost leader in the cryptocurrency space. And I firmly believe that we will see a crypto, uh, we will see a Bitcoin valuation in the next decade of over a million dollars. Hey gang, the Headley Group Real Estate Show is a video audio podcast designed to highlight and interview real estate professionals, entrepreneurs, and other fields alike. The mission of our podcast is to acknowledge people of color and show their successes and in return, help our audience learn from them and pick up tips and tricks in building additional income. Hey, ladies and gents, this is Mike Headley. We are back. Another great episode on the Headley Group Real Estate Show. Uh, we had to reach out to this brother. We saw, but well, I ain't going to say we my team. I ain't going to take credit for it. My team was doing some due diligence. We said we needed to get uh, 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 somebody to talk about financial literacy. We had some people in the past, but we feel as though we need to really hone in on that, particularly for our people in the real estate space because we're so busy selling that we don't realize that we need to take care of ourselves, make sure our finances together. So we found this brother here. And this brother right here, I mean, has a wealth of knowledge. He's going to be sharing that with us. His name is Mr. Charles Harris. Go by the name of Tank. And uh, he's uh, the name of his company is called Wealth Our Way. He's going to drop some serious jewels on us. So get ready to go. Warm welcome, Mr. Harris. How you doing, sir? No, it's great, great honor and privilege to be here, Brother Mike. I sincerely thank you and your staff for reaching out. We're very excited at Wealth Our Way to have an opportunity to be on such a well-received platform. Oh man, we appreciate that, brother. So one thing about us, brother, you know, with our, with our show, we, again, the objective was designed to show was for real estate professionals, uh, or people of, of color, because we wasn't getting that shine, so to speak. No doubt. And we want to make sure we, we highlight us, even though we don't have, some of us don't have 100,000 followers, but we do have a platform that can speak to five or six, seven, ten followers, right? Yeah. Because all it takes is just changing that one. One. Brother, you, you're in this financial space. Tell us exactly how long have you been in the space and what said, what made you say, let, let me go down this financial literacy role. What was that about? I love, I love the question. It's a question I've received a lot and the answer, you know, stays consistent for 25 years. So I played college football at Temple University in Philadelphia. Okay. And God did not have it in the plan for me to go to the next level. Mm. But my best friend did go to the next level. Mm. So my boy, shout out to my man, Trey Johnson. He was a Washington Redskins second round draft pick in 94. Okay. Okay. So okay. Trey and okay. I are best friends. And, and one of the things I always tell as a bragging point, I don't talk about money. I don't talk about, you know, accolades. The one thing I brag about is Trey was my first client. He was the person who encouraged me to get the job at Smith Barney as a stockbroker. Okay. And I just got off the phone with him 18 minutes ago. He oh, really? So when you can work with somebody for 25 years when it comes to money and mm -hmm. they still be cool with you, you you know you're doing your thing. So that's it, that's it. I got my start. Trey was getting ready to go into his second NFL contract. His first group of financial professionals were introduced to him by his sports agent and knew he was about to make some serious money, maybe his biggest and only big contract. And he called me up one day and said, man, you're the smartest cat I know, but more importantly, you're the only cat I trust. I want you to go, I was in graduate school working on a master's in taxation at the time. And this is how hard I rock with this cat. He said, I want you to drop out of grad school, 
go get a job with Smith Barney as a stockbroker. I'll be your first client. And I literally did that. I did just that. They were recruiting on Temple's campus for minorities and women for their brokerage program. Uh -huh. At the time, Trey's lady still was at Temple. She grabbed the paraphernalia that they were handing out, forwarded it to me. And the rest, as they say, is history. I started uh, in November of 1997. So it'll be 25 years this November that I first got my start on Wall Street and in financial services. Wow. So, brother, like I said, we got to unpack that one question. I mean, you you really you really dive deep on it. So he said, go go ahead and go through school, go and get your get the license, you and I'm going to be your first client. So I take so that's some well one of the biggest things that I I noticed by being on this side as a as a real estate professional is the trust factor, right? Yeah. And that trust, even though other people were more knowledgeable at the time and and had the accolades, but he said, I need to focus and trust you. And why do you think, why is that? Because I want to touch on that trust a little bit. So it's funny you say that, and this is something we can hammer down on real nicely, because ironically, trust is the word that I tell all my clients, I don't want them using as it pertains to me. Mm. Trust, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. Okay. And to me, faith and trust are synonymous. Mm. You know, you have faith in things that are unseen. You trust in things that sometimes are unseen. I don't want anybody trusting me. I want to show you everything you need to see so that you know as I know. You don't have to have faith. You don't have to trust. But of course, when you have friendship, there's an inherent level of trust. There's an inherent level of, exactly. hey, I know you as a person. You used to give me money when, when I needed it. I gave you money when you needed it. We're, we're like brothers. So I know you won't do me wrong on my finances. And you said something that really triggered a thought of mine from 25 years ago. The other thing that I think resonated very highly with him, and this was after he had made his decision to encourage me to go into that field, I could have, and you said had no knowledge, and you're right, when I went, uh, the funny story is when I went to go get hired at Smith Barney, while they are walking me around the office showing me stuff, I didn't know what they did there. So mm. I'm literally applying for a job that I don't know what they do. So that's how little knowledge I did have. Mm. But when I got there, I partnered up with one of the most senior experienced advisors who was there. Mm -hmm. Because one of the first things I learned was that half of something was better than all of nothing. Ooh, powerful. I wanted powerful. to show up with experience. I wanted to show up with someone who could say, I manage $100 million in assets. And mm. so I did that. And what really ended up glistening for me was Trey was my first client, wired in a substantial amount of money the day I got my license. I take it down the hall to the guy who was mentoring me name was Gordon Schindel. I go down to Gordon. I say, hey, we got to build my man's portfolio. He helps me build it with all of his years of expertise. I tell him, you know, I'm going to put you on for half the fee. He said, Tank, I can't take a dime. I said, what? He says, look, man, you're not going to make a lot of money on your guy's account. You gave him the maximum discount because he's your man. Okay. You also put him in some safe investments, bonds, so bonds don't charge as much as stocks. Okay. And in reality, you're not gonna make a bunch of money. I can't take half of it. And mm -hmm. I just thought that was so fly of him, but he got his roses because I ended up getting a $100 million college endowment account a year later. 
Wow. And I, I took him to the college account. We closed it together and he got his money then. So pray it all for him wow. to be so altruistic in the early days. But yeah, I think that when you get to yourself to a situation and you're looking for someone, especially in our community, the first thing we want to do is go with someone who we're familiar with. And mm-hmm. familiarity, as the Bible says, can breed contempt, but it also breeds a level of trust, implicit trust. I know this person. I know his flaws and his strengths, and I'll rock with that. Mm, mm, mm. Wow, brother. That's, like I said, so I mean, every time I give you a great question, you give me a good, better answer, right? That, that I got to I gotta dive into that one as well. You, so now... 25 years, uh, I'm going to fast forward just a little bit. I'm, I'm quite sure you've got a ton of experiences how to deal with different situations in the financial space, right? Now, I had to ask this question. I don't want to go too far off, but but when you said something about, you said you mentioned bonds. Yes. Right now, and I don't know if this word can make you cringe, or I mean, this 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 uh, this, this labeling what I'm about to say can make you cringe, or it's going to say, wow, that's a good thing. Crypto. Cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, right? The crypto, Bitcoin world, all that good stuff. You being an expert, seems like everybody want to get that insight on the next thing because it's a lot of people out here taking advantage of people because of lack of knowledge. And then some people have some good, valuable information. Thoughts on crypto? So we did a program. So shameless plug for my platform. Uh, I do two 15-minute segments every week, Tuesday and Thursday, 12.30 p.m. called 15 Minutes of Finance. Okay. Then nights at 6 p.m. Eastern, these are all Eastern times, I do the Financial Power Hour. And Mm. the second Wednesday of this year, second Wednesday that passed in January, we did a crypto special. So it's out there for everybody to see on the Wealth Our Way Facebook and YouTube pages. Nice. Charles Tank Harris's stance on cryptocurrency. It is not going anywhere. It is here to stay. Mm. We see every Federal Reserve Bank on the globe searching to create their own digital currency. So if they, you know, there's so much talk about, oh, countries are going to ban it. Countries are going to regulate it. Countries are going to, uh, you know, limit its usage, overtax it. No, countries are trying to figure out they're on that. If we can't beat them, join them mindset mm-hmm. now and you can please by all means stop me if, if i go a little hard no no term. go this this is good information because somebody gonna so, pick up on some good stuff go ahead the thing about cryptocurrency the number one utility of it is that it's decentralized it's unregulated mm. now for some people because you have people will show up to the party whatever whatever mindset they already have you have some people who are very aggressive and risky and they're like yo that's the new wave i'm on it then you have some people who are cautious and nervous nellies and they're like i don't that don't sound good to me mm-hmm. cryptocurrency is not going to change the people who come at it they'll they'll have their view based on who they are here's mm. the thing you can extract from it though cryptocurrency is a more efficient way for people to do commerce with one another and if you think about society, now I'm going to take you all the way back to caveman days. Okay, that's fine. About society and how you, in your village, you were known for being a hunter. You could get out here and you had tricks and tactics that could get anything to feed us. I'm known in my village to be that guy who can build huts with 
clay and no matter what weather, my hut stays better mm. than everybody else's. Mm. And your village is looking at you like, Mike, man, we need good shelter. My village is looking at me like, we need to grub. Mm. I'll come holler at you and we'll start trading that service. I'll come over and start building up your village. You want to give me some pelts and some food and we're going to get down like that. That's the barter system. Unfortunately, when you barter, there are several limitations. What happens when you have something I need and I have nothing you need? Mm. Now we have to involve a third party. There may also be what I have may not transfer easily to you. So in the barter system, they went through all these different types of currencies to do business. They used to trade wampum beads, seashells. They used to trade tools like picks and hammers. There were all types of things that were traded. And what they discovered was, A, it wasn't very efficient and effective to have these big items. And we're talking about back in the day where you had to walk sometimes to the next village. There weren't any mm. transportation yet. And also, you know, as the saying goes, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Correct. So I value a pick at, you may not value a pick at. So now you want two picks for something I think one pick should suffice. That is how we got to what is called money. And I'm going to give you the technical term for money because it's important because we're talking about cryptocurrency. Mm. Money is called fiat currency. Mm. Fiat, F-I-A-T, currency. Mm. Fiat currency is a store of value that is backed by a government, backed by a, backed by a body who makes it valuable. Mm. In America, we used to be tied with the American dollar to the gold standard. We did away with the gold standard and we just said the Federal Reserve Bank will always honor that a dollar is worth a dollar. We stand behind that and we have the largest army in the world to back it up if we got to rumble with somebody over it. Mm -hmm. So with that being the case, now we're coming right here to the, I had to get that little brief history. Oh, that's good. This is good stuff. Hey guys, thank you for watching our show. We're going to interrupt you real quickly. We are in the business of referrals. If you know someone looking to buy or sell, residential or commercial here in the North Carolina area, refer us. We really appreciate that. Now that we have learned the evolution of money and we're really stuck on fiat currencies, mm -hmm. as a government goes, the value of the currency goes. So the value is very up and down. Secondly, the government regulates the currency. They determine what inflation is. I don't want to get too deep. People tell me I get too deep sometimes. Let me say this. Listen, I believe in, we need to share it, but go ahead. Inflation is not a real thing. Inflation is government created. Mm. Think about things. Prices really, if left alone, prices would not go up over time. Prices would go down over time. And the reason prices would go down over time is every year, every decade, every century, technology advances and we get more efficient at things. It's a lot cheaper to drive a letter from California to Philly than it is to walk a letter from California to Philly. And it's even more efficient to take a bag of letters and fly them from California to Philly. So as things get more efficient, we, we can drop the cost. But that's not what we see. We see costs go up every year. Mm. Why is that? That is the government raising the, the consumer price index so that its debt that it produces mm. 
that it can honor paying that debt by making dollars worth more money by having rates go up on those dollars. So I, I tie all that back into cryptocurrency by saying this, wouldn't it be great to have some method that takes us back to being able to do business with each other without having a middleman tell us what the value of our money is? And the internet makes it all possible because now I can go on Fiverr and decide I need a new logo from somebody in Bangladesh Correct. pay them in Bitcoin mm. and nobody needs to be any wiser on it. It's efficient, it's fluid. There are some things that need to be done. You can't actually spend Bitcoin. It's a real big misnomer because the, it's almost the, the analogy I use is like the penny. The old pennies used to be made out of real copper and it actually cost more than a penny was worth to mm, make a penny, make a penny in the weight of copper. That's kind of how Bitcoin is. Bitcoin takes time to make. You have to solve an algorithm and answer something on the blockchain that has to be validated. Mm -hmm. It takes time, it takes energy. So I can't actually trade Bitcoin with you in real time for a purchase because the Bitcoin itself needs to be developed. Even if it's existing, it then needs to be transported. So what we're finding is that Bitcoin is a store of value the same way gold was that we will have a reserve off of that's backed by the value of Bitcoin. Mm. So that is a very long-winded answer of saying cryptocurrency is here to stay. Bitcoin is the foremost leader in the cryptocurrency space. And I firmly believe that we will see a crypto, uh, we will see a Bitcoin valuation in the next decade of over a million dollars. I, you know, I like that. Like I said, you, so, you said so many great stuff that I'm a firm believer in indicators. You know, a lot of people ignore the indicators, like the small mm -hmm. signs. And I think what told me that this is here to stay when I saw, and actually I talked about this on the last show, Crypto.com paid $700 million to be on the Staples Center. You're right. not going to put that out there just to be putting that out there to last well, six that. months. That yep. is, as always, a great indicator to me. And last question about crypto is that, do you possibly see it being regulated since it's not, like real soon, like we got to get a piece of that. Bad right. if they're saying it's going to tax, they will start taxing. Like, what's your thoughts on that? So right now, Bitcoin is, I mean, all cryptocurrencies are taxable. Let's be mm -hmm. clear. Mm -hmm. they, they, so there's a difference between making it taxable and regulating it or centralizing Correct. Mm -hmm. So taxable, it already is, which is why you have so many Bitcoin pioneers moving to Puerto Rico and taking advantage of the tax laws that still allow you to be an American, but not pay American taxes. Mm. And as far as regulation is concerned, I do believe when the Federal Reserves of the respective countries start coming out with their own digital currency, they will make it more efficient and simpler to use their digital currency as opposed to using any other digital currency. Ah, that's so it will incentivize people kind of, it's almost like you ever go to a gas station and there's a credit price and a cash price. They mm. incentivize you to, to use cash because they don't want to pay the merchant fee from the credit card cost. They right. will do the same thing with their cryptocurrency. I think that the transparency or lack thereof, I should say, the ability to, to remain anonymous on some of these exchanges will far outweigh whatever financial incentives the centralized banks are using to encourage you to use their digital currency. 
right now, most people use crypto.com or Coinbase. Right. These are not only the most popular, they're the most step in step with the American government that you can have. True cryptocurrency minded people, people who know what they're doing, and I'm not one of them, they don't use those exchanges. They have wallets and cold storage in places where they are truly anonymous. They can take their dollar, move their dollar all around the globe electronically, eventually purchase cryptocurrency in whatever denomination they wish to, whatever, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Chainlink, whatever, and never report it to the United States government. That is what the government is quote unquote afraid of. And that is why they're trying to get in front of it to make sure that anonymity does not stay possible for people. Got that brother. That's some great information right there. I appreciate that. Transition to the wonderful world of real estate. Financial yes. literacy. How do we marriage the two? And how do we get the ones who are so busy hustling, bustling, and they forget themselves. They forget, man, well, I, I just made all this money. I just made $9,000 from a commission check. What do I do with it? What kind of insight do I need? Go ahead and go, brother. Enlighten us on that. I love that question. And so once again, and, and if these uh, just sound like shameless plugs, it's just the way I No, this is it. fine, brother. I want you to promote everything you got. That's why we're here. It's all good. The thing about being a financial planner, as opposed to how I started in this business, which was as a stockbroker, mm. and I want to delineate the difference for people. I sold financial products when I got into the business. I sold stock. I sold bonds. I sold mutual funds. I sold insurance policies. You came to me with money. The solution I had for you was something I was going to sell you. Now what I do is I am a planner. Now I say to you, hey, I don't really care about what you end up with to solve your problem. I, I, we're gonna start there. First thing we're gonna do is identify what your problem is. Okay. We're gonna determine if it is solvable, which 99.9% .9 of them are. And then we're gonna come up with the best way to do it. If I don't show up with something to sell, that should be comforting to you. Mm. Because as the old saying goes, if the only tool in my toolbox is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail to me because I'm only able to address it with what my strong suit is. As a financial planner, I got a hammer, a screwdriver, and a wrench in my toolbox. And by hammer, screwdriver, and wrench, I mean paper assets, which is stocks, bonds, mutual funds, commodities, and the like, cryptocurrencies, and real estate. So clients come to me with real estate. I have clients that have no money in the stock market. They are purely small business owners and real estate professionals, and they come to me for tax mitigation. They come to me for estate planning. They they want planning. They want to know how to pass generational wealth on to the, to the second, third, fourth lines of their life. Mm. I find that most people marry, to use a word, what it is that they feel most comfortable with. And I've had a lot of real estate professionals as clients or prospective clients that just give me the biggest fight when I ask them to diversify some of their money out of real estate. Hey, let's put some in stocks and bonds. Let's put some in, you know, cash value life insurance. Let's put some in cryptocurrency because that's the goal. Wealthy people understand that. Wealthy people right. understand what got me here won't take me there. Mm. So 
I teach real estate professionals, whether they are real estate investors, whether they are professionals who work as realtors or contractors in the real estate space, mm -hmm. I tell everybody, we want to get some form of balance in your financial life. If it was a plate of food, as the nutritionist people tell you, we want to have as much color on the plate as possible. Green leafy vegetables, red bell peppers, you know, gray for meat and white for rice or brown for rice. And the bigger we increase that color kaleidoscope, the better off you are from a risk aversion standpoint. Mm. Now, in particular with, with people who are in real estate, one of the biggest hurdles that I see is liquidity. You right. know, when people are real estate investors or when they're working in real estate, the ebb and flow of cash coming in and coming out is not always as predictable as they would like it to be. Right. And what I look to aid my clients in is getting some type of cash flow mechanism in place. So if you're an investor or you're a property owner, you're not necessarily just dependent upon the rents that are coming out of your property portfolio. You are also have access to credit. You also have the ability to pledge the brick and mortar assets to do other business opportunities and open up grants and things of that nature. So that's how I approach real estate in general. I believe that there's nothing more utilization wise, nothing more reliable than real estate. I firmly believe that. When I was a stockbroker at Smith Barney, I left to go to Payne Weber. They recruited me away. I got a check, a recruitment check for $240,000. And wow. this, was, yeah, this was in 2000. I was 30 years old. I grew up on food stamps. So you have to understand this. Correct. I grew up on food stamps. I get that. Yeah, I used to think that if I made 30 grand a year, my life would be set. And I realized quickly that math was off. Uh, but when I got recruited, they gave me 240 up front and promised me another 90 if I moved like 70% of my book of business over. I took my, so TD Bank is uh, one of the banks I was utilizing. But then when this happened, it wasn't TD Bank yet. It was Commerce Bank. Okay. I went to Commerce Bank with my $240,000 check and I tried to cash it because I wanted to take the money home, put it on <laughs> the bed, roll around in it. I had That's a rock exactly. and they laughed at me. They said, you got to deposit that check. We're not cashing that. So I say that. So, so, that so they didn't call the people in the back. <laughs> they wanted to know how I, how the brother showed up with the $240,000 exactly. check. Yes, sir. Exactly. They definitely wanted to know that. But, but the funny thing about that was it got me into real estate. I, you know, I was able to buy my first single family home in Cherry Hill, New Jersey at the time. But I also had a buddy of mine who was working for Verizon and I used to lend him money to flip houses. Okay. So we go back to the word trust. I didn't even know what he was doing. This is my childhood friend. He was like a big brother to me. And he would hit me up. Hey, Tank, I need four grand. Hey, Tank, I need six grand. And he wasn't dealing in financial literacy, which I knew we'll move into while we're talking. Correct. Dealing how we deal on the streets. He was like, Tank, give me five grand. In 60 days, I give you six grand. I was wow. like, you know, that's, you know, I'm like, that's 20% return Correct. in two months. If you annualize that, man, that's a 1200% return. I'm, I'm on that all day. 12,000% right. return. I'm on that Correct. all day. Correct. And he's just thinking, you know, I'm about to flip this property and make 44 grand on it. Giving him a thousand ain't going to hurt me. Exactly. So the reality was he was able to do it so successfully over and over again. So I'm a very, 
when it comes to growing money for myself, I do take a lot of risks because I'm comfortable with all the investments. I'm knowledgeable, so I, I'm cool. When it comes to lending people money, you know, which I don't even do that much anymore, mm. I'm very risk averse. So risk with my guy, when I lent him money the first three times and he paid me back, the profit on those first three loans was what I would lend him moving forward. So after the third flip, I, I was using his money to, to pay him back. Now, Basically. Yeah, it's my profit and I want it. But if he was unsuccessful or unable, or if he ran off to Tahiti with a nice young lady, I'm cool because I didn't lose anything at that point except for my mm. time and talking to him. Exactly. He was such a consistent deliverer five, six, eight times. You know, he was flipping, I don't even want to exaggerate, but I think he right. flipped like 75 houses in one wow. year. Wow, that's he awesome. Yeah, he had a crew, he was doing his thing. And this is back in 2000, so okay. in Philadelphia. So I had to ask him one day, his nickname is Smoothie. I said, Smooth, what, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm flipping houses, man. Now here's where, and I know you probably deal with this with your audience all the time. I dislike when people give partial information, but Correct. that is the internet hustle. Hey, let me tell you how this works how you're gonna make a million dollars. Let me not tell you any of the bad side Correct. and buy my course and then you'll learn reality the hard way. Swipe, so, swipe up. Swipe up. The thing that I learned about being in real estate early for Charles Tank Harris was that I didn't like having tenants. So I didn't wanna to talk to people who lived in my places. I didn't wanna be responsible for repairs. So of course the answer for that was hire property managers. I had the hardest time keeping quality property managers on wow. staff. So I eventually got out of being an owner of property and having tenants. But at one point, because of what I was watching him do, I decided to get into this myself because, and the other thing is, I, I'm management, I'm not labor. I tell people this all okay. the time. Smoothie was going to his properties and laying his own carpet, putting up his own sheetrock. Oh, he wow. was partially the contractor. I'm never going to do that. So. I don't know when somebody tells me a job is 30 grand that it's really 18 grand and they're getting me for 12. Mm. He knows every square inch and he was very, very efficient with his business. So I hired him. I said, look, man, I want you to do some of these houses for me. And before I knew it over a three year period, I had got 19 properties from 2000 to 2002. Oh, wow. I had rented out about 11 of them and flipped eight of them made all my money back on the flips. I'm talking about this was back, so I'll date myself going back to 2000. I bought my first property, 350 North Southford Street in West Philadelphia. I bought the house for $7,000, it was a duplex. Wow. I bought it for 7,000, I put $11,000 in renovations in it. I ended up cash out refinancing at a, at a, a appraised value of I think 60,000. And then I sold the house eventually for 84,000 bucks. Wow. So it was ridiculous. 18,000 in, 84,000 out. It was crazy. And I was doing that, you know, every six months with these houses. Mm. The mm. thing, the thing about it was as I started, and this is why I'll go back to saying how real estate is a useful utility type of property of uh, asset. I went through a divorce in 2016 got separated in 14, divorced in 16. Financially, it killed me. I had to file bankruptcy uh, and everything. Oh, I wow. went from 500 grand a year 
to making about 190 a year. Now here's the funny thing. When you make 190,000 a year and you come from where I come from, cats don't want to hear you cry broke. But when you was used to making 500, 190, you broke. Correct, and, exactly. And I had six kids, kids in college. So I ended up leaving Atlanta at the time okay. and moving back into one of my rental properties in Philly in Southwest that I still had. I tell people all the time, you can't move into a share of Microsoft stock. You can't move into a Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. But I was able to move back into one of my properties that had produced me income for 11 years. And then when I needed it, it was there for me. And I still own it. Quick commercial break. If you're interested in a career in real estate or you're a seasoned vet, you might want to change. New environment. You don't like the atmosphere you're in. The Hedley Group Realty could be there to assist you with your career. What do we offer? Great culture, great environment, leads, and an awesome commission structure. Let us be there to support your business. One thing, you got to be in the state of North Carolina. Let's get back to the show. Exactly. Okay. 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 You know something, that that piece of real estate, like I like the fact that you connected the stories with it and you shared your own experiences. So this way that it gives a different different outlook on the audience members. Uh, wealth our way. Financial literacy. Let's 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 dive into that. Uh, I know we probably touched a lot of on it, you know, during our previous questions. What exactly is wealth our way, and how is that beneficial for the person who don't know anything about financial literacy? That's a great question, and I appreciate you asking it. So here's the deal. Long and short of it is I watch a lot of movies, I listen to a lot of music. So a lot of times I'll quote people, hey, did you see this movie? You hear the scene. One of my favorite movies on finances is a movie called Wall Street with Michael Douglas, Charlie Sheen. It's a scene where Charlie Sheen is walking up the street with his soon-to-be girlfriend, Daryl Hannah, and she's an interior designer. And she says, I want to do for the interior designer world what, uh, and I forget the name of the furniture, I, 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 I can't think of it, what they did for furniture. I want to make high-end furniture at low-end prices. I want to bring high-end designs to people's houses for, for moderate prices. When I got into financial services, the first thing I realized were account minimums. I also realized fees. They, they have a fee called the small account fee. Like literally, you don't have enough money in your account, we're charging you because you don't have enough money. Wow, that's crazy. And that's crazy. I had a brother who worked at Merrill Lynch, a, a, a cat that I knew, when I got out of being a stockbroker and became a business manager and financial planner, I needed somebody to kind of look over my own assets. So I hired this guy at Merrill Lynch, a buddy of mine. I said, you, you can manage it. I know what I'm doing. So you, all you're really doing is babysitting my, my picks. The guy left, as people tend to do in that industry, there's a lot of turnover. He left. I get a letter from Merrill Lynch saying, you don't have enough money. I had two IRAs, one for me and my then wife. I want to say each IRA may have had 40 some thousand bucks in it, 44 and 48 respectively. I got a letter saying your account no longer merits having a financial advisor because we have a $50,000 minimum for IRAs and you're under it. So if you want any help with your account, here's the 800 number you need to call. So that offended me, but I didn't think twice about it because once again, I'm, I, I'm a financial guy. I, I, don't, I don't even need to have somebody helping me. Not three months later after receiving that letter, I get two checks in the mail. 
They wow. liquidated my IRA and sent it to me because oh, wow. they changed the policy from if you're under 50,000, you get the 800 number to if you're under 50,000, we don't even want your account. Wow. Now, most people would say, Tank, why are you bringing it up? You sound like you're being petty. Here, here's the problem with that. These are IRAs. These weren't just regular taxable brokerage accounts. Right. You send me back my money from a taxable brokerage account, and I'm like, okay, I'll take it somewhere else. With an IRA, I have 60 days to put this into another IRA, or I'll get taxed and penalized for having it out. Right. At the time, I was traveling for a living. I was working with professional athletes all over the country. What happens, you send this check to my crib, I don't come home for four weeks, my wife's put the mail somewhere else, and I don't see it. The IRS doesn't care that Merrill Lynch mailed it to me and I didn't know. As far as they're concerned, I took a premature withdrawal, premature withdrawal, and I'm penalized. Mm. That offended me so highly, and it made me open my eyes to the fact that the financial services industry, as it is set up, is not for people who don't have millions of dollars, mm. and it is especially not for people of color. Mm. So I wanted to create a platform very similar to Daryl Hannah in Wall Street, mm. where I could take premium advice and knowledge. I rock with the best. I've, I've worked with investment bankers, merger and acquisition. Okay. If, if it's in finance, I've sat at the table. Mm. I've also been decorated by the Million Dollar Roundtable and in insurance. I've hit every council level at every firm I've ever produced for. I'm that guy. You know gotcha, what I'm saying? Gotcha, so gotcha, I, gotcha, I gotcha. Ball, I'd be first team all pro. Oh, wow. So, okay, okay. But that being said, I wanted that guy to be able to talk to people who grew up in my neighborhood. Mm. Because, you know what? The cat that grew up down the street from me became a fireman, married a cop. They making $160,000 of combined household income and they need somebody to tell them how to get down. And exactly. they can't go to Merle Lynch and learn how to get down from exactly. Merle Lynch. Merle Lynch exactly. don't care about that. So I founded Wealth Our Way on three guiding principles. The first was bringing financial knowledge to underserved communities. Mm. The second, and this is probably as sad as the first one to me, You'll hear the word diversity and you'll see these pushes. Like I said, I was brought to Smith Barney under a diversity uh, effort that they were having. But another movie, Navy Seals with uh, Demi Moore, when they had all the cats lined up on the beach and the, the, the master sergeant says, look to the right of you, look to the left of you. That person's probably not going to successfully navigate this program. Mm. The Navy Seals don't care who survived. Right. They just right. care that seven people survive and now they got seven bad people with them. Exactly. It's the same way when you hire people in financial services. Hire a hundred, five people will make it. Wow. Well, that's great for those five people. Working in financial services is a very lucrative career. Mm. But what happens to the 95 people who don't make it? Where do they go? Where, did, they, did they leave a job that was paying them 80 grand with the hopes that they would become a, a successful financial advisor and mm. fail to do so? And now they're not making anything? So mm. the second pillar of Wealth Our Way is to reach out to women and minorities in the financial services industry who are knowledgeable about the financial services industry, but not necessarily that great with sales. Because financial services, the industry is based on sales. Mm -hmm. They have quotas at every company. And if you don't meet the quota, you're fired. So you could be the most knowledgeable person in the room, but not really good at talking to people and convincing people of things. 
and fail out of the business. I wanted those people to have a home at Welfare Way as advisors. Okay. Because we don't sell product, they don't have that pressure now. All they have to do is foster the relationship and teach people how to work their plan. Mm. The third pillar, which is something in our community that has been an issue forever, is access to capital. I wanted to be a beacon for helping people in underserved communities find access to capital. Now, it's funny, I started Wealth Our Way in November of 19. We go right into a world pandemic and they've given away more money over the last two exactly. years ever seen. So, so it's kind of funny, like I, I, I say I did that. I dreamt that we needed more access to capital. Pandemic, we're gonna give everybody $300,000. <laughs> so the reality is, is when we're not seeing programs from the SBA and from local governments giving away money, money is very hard to come by for the brothers and sisters of this world. And I wanted to could make connections to the people on Wall Street that I know are interested in funding communities of color and make sure that the clients that came through Wealth Our Way had access to those funds. Mm, mm, I like that, brother. You know what I'm saying? And that's why, like I said, people like you are, 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 are what the community needs. I mean, you know, like you just said a minute ago about the Merrill Lynch, $50,000, they don't want your business, man. They don't want your it takes, business. It takes the programs like yours. So we're going to really highly promote that so people can say, let's let's be a part of what, what Tank has to offer. I appreciate um, that. Tank. We ask every guest two golden nuggets, right? I mean, you literally gave us a thousand, brother. But give us two golden nuggets, whether it be a scripture, quote, a book, or something that was inspirational. You did give us something from Wall Street uh, and as well as a Navy SEAL. But give us something. Two golden nuggets. Go ahead and go. So I literally just heard that. One of them I'll give you, I just heard the other day. And another one I'll give you that I go back to uh, from a, a longstanding quote that I use. Uh, I just saw a video on the internet where a gentleman was talking about perseverance. He was talking about how to get to the finish line, how to get to a goal that you've set for yourself. Mm -hmm. And he was quoting a book that I can't remember the book, but basically it was two people walking through a dense forest. And the person who's struggling turns to the person who seems to be making his way. He says, I don't think I can make my way out this forest. He says, why? He says, because I can't see an end in sight. It's, it's no end in sight. He said, can you see right in front of you? He said, yeah. He said, then work on that step. Mm. Work on taking like the that. next step. Work on what you can see. You know, I, you can see me on this video. I am mm. a very large man. Okay. I, I have been struggling with my weight my entire adult life. I played okay. football at 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. I ended my career due to a knee injury that I was in a cast for 18 weeks and I gained 109 pounds in the cast wow, and okay. I've never gotten it off. You know, I, okay. it, it's just been my life. I don't try to lose 200 pounds at a time. I try to lose one pound and I just keep the step going in front of me. And the funny thing is I've been very successful in losing a hundred pounds. I've lost a hundred pounds four times and mm -hmm. gained it back each time because I get to a point where I think I've achieved something that's comfortable and I get away from the principles. And that's, what, that's why that saying was so important to me, focus on the next step. Well, when you lose the hundred, the step, the next step is still there to take. That's Don't it. close your eyes and go back to old habits, which is what mm -hmm. I do every time. The second one is an older saying. It's attributed to Henry Ford, who created the first uh, automobile in America. 
And this goes to opening people's eyes and perspectives. Henry Ford said, I didn't ask people what they wanted when it came to transportation, because all they would have told me was to make them a faster horse. Mm. Because back when he was up, that's how people got around. They got around mm. on horse and buggy. People's mind couldn't see that there was a car. They saw horses. So they were like, yo, you want to be the transportation guru? Make these horses go faster. Make these horses carry mm. more. Mm. Make these horses not need so much food. And he's like, I got something better for y'all than horses. And I love that saying because you have to realize that no matter what age we live in, we talk cryptocurrency on this program, we're talking internet on this program, whatever you can see, you have no idea what you can't see. Mm. There is so much out there, both good and bad, but there's so much more beyond your scope of knowledge, understanding, and recognition that if you're open to it, you can change the world. Let me tell you something, Mr. Charles Tank Harris, you have enlightened us, brother. I mean, like I said, literally, some people ask the questions like pulling teeth. You know, they gotta, you know, they respond with two or three words, brother. I just had to say one thing and you went, but you went in terms of the information was so valuable, right? I appreciate um, that. And brother, we gotta get you on the show again because you are officially alumni today, brother. Oh man, I love it. I love it. I will definitely come back, man. You rub the lamp, the genie will appear. <laughs> That's right, brother. So so we gonna we gonna we gonna sign off and say thank you, Mr. Charles Tank Harris with the name of his company, Wealth Our Way, and anything else you want to plug, brother. So the motto at Wealth Our Way is wealth is not only for the wealthy. I'm here to help build generational wealth in communities that look like me, people who look like me, people who started where I started. We have two main programs at Wealth Our Way. One of them is Hit It and Quit It. It's the Wow Wealth Jumpstart. It's a program that gives you all of the estate docs that you should need, a will, a durable power of attorney, and a healthcare proxy. It also gives you a life insurance needs analysis and a retirement asset review. So we'll look at your 401k, 403b. If you don't have one, we'll teach you how to get one. That package is, I believe, and, and here I am running the company, but I don't do sales in the company. I think that package is $697. And if you went to an estate attorney and just got those documents alone, it would be $2,500. So that package is really good. And to make it even more appealing for the communities from which I serve, we'll do four installment payments of 197 as opposed to the 697 all at once. If someone wants a longer term relationship, we put them on our Think Big platform and the acronym BIG is B-I-G, Budgeting, Investment, Generational Wealth. We cover all things money. It's a subscription-based program that runs 12 to 18 months, depending on how interactive you are. The program runs at 247 a month. At the end of the program, you get a comprehensive financial plan, but along the way, you get all types of the, everything that's in the wild jumpstart and other areas such as cryptocurrency guidance, real estate guidance, all things financial. Once again, 247 a month for 18 months is roughly, what's that? A little under five grand, I think you'll end up paying. And what I tell people is if you walked into Merrill Lynch, Payne Weber, Smith Barney, the firms I've worked at, and asked for a comprehensive financial plan, they start at $15,000. So those are our two main programs. Our social media on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube is Wealth Our Way. And I also have a personal IG page at Wealth Our Way Founder. Mm. 
Well, like I said, we want to thank Mr. Charles Tank Harris. And brother, thank you. And we'll see you all next time on the Hit the Group Real Estate Show. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me. Right. Hey, gang, I hope you really enjoyed that show. Our guests provide us some great tips and insight. And please support them on all social media platforms. And while I'm saying that, support us on all social media platforms. And don't forget, watch the entire video on YouTube. We'll see you next time.